So, Andrew, Brian, how we doing today, gang? Just great, Connor. How about you? I'm doing fine. Um, I'm just excited to say that finally done with the light of the Jedi. Um, <laughs> I think this is finally the time to do it. I know we've been making this joke for a while. Well, um, we're gonna we're just gonna rip the bandaid off. <laughs> it's happening! It's happening! It's finally. It's here. Light of the Jedi time. Light of the Jedi. Actually going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to review it. So let's waste no more time. Let's get right into it. How about that? Do yeah. it. Fully. Uta puta, everybody. Hello and welcome to Greeter Shot First. My name's Connor. I'm Andrew. And we're here to talk Star Wars, all things Star Wars, and anything even freaking related to Star Wars. And today, especially, we're here to talk about the Light of the Jedi, the High Republic. It's finally here. It's finally happening. It's live. It's live. We're doing it. We're here to experience it. So I'm very excited about it. But first of all, Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah? Doing yeah. good? Andrew, how are you doing today? I, just wonderful. <laughs> I think I already answered that question. I Thank know. You. I probably said it three times at this point. But I'm just, like, again, I'm very excited. Third I, time's I the love charm. A lot of those energy. kinds of circular conversations where yeah. it's just like, hey, man, how you doing? Yeah. Oh, good. How about you? Good? Great. How about you? <laughs> That's how I imagine, like, most people standing outside of, like, a, a classic car holding a beer. Yeah. It's a, it's a good car there, Bob. Oh, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, I appreciate it, Bob. You know, it's like, hey, what kind of... Wait, that's a car there, Bob. You know, so, yeah, yeah. It just makes me think of when you're, like, checking out at the grocery store, and they say, have a nice day. It's like, you know, thanks. You, you're, 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 <laughs> that would make sense. I totally just botched that whole thing. It's when you, you go to a restaurant, yes. you order food, and then, like, enjoy your food. Thanks, you too. <laughs> yeah. Because that, I mean, that, exactly. that happened to me at the movie theater when I, they told me, like, just yesterday. They were like, just enjoy your, th- you know, enjoy, enjoy your, your movie. movie. Thanks, you, you too. too. <laughs> I just walk away feeling horrible. And also with you. <laughs> <laughs> so... But to that end, um, it has been exciting uh, leading up to this and, you know, joshing around with it. But uh, I'm excited to finally yes. break it down and talk about this. Yes. So jokes, japes, news aside, <laughs> we're ready to talk about Light of the Jedi. So to uh, preface it a little bit, we are in a new era of Star Wars. Uh, you know, we the Skywalker saga is finished. It's kaput. It is. Know. Yes, it is. Unless you decide to dissect it even more, which... They already are doing so but to that end they're trying to start a new story arc and they're setting it this time 200 years in the past 232 years before the battle of yavin to oh be my God. quite exact so it's way before the prequels in other words yes that would be essentially nice that would be 200 Sorry. years before the prequels god damn which means that Yoda, Yoda was seven hundred something. <laughs> he was a youngin. Yes. Yeah. He, he was at the height of his powers. He was in, he was in his prime. <laughs> and so, we'll, we'll get into that because he is like in much the same way that he is kind of deified throughout like the prequel trilogy in particular. Yes. Uh, he gets much of the same treatment in this book, which is exciting. But and we don't get to see him. I I kind of like that though, yes. and I mean we'll I, we'll dive into it, but. Let's just start off with the beginning. You want to start off with a uh, a little synopsis? Yes. Uh, uh, go ahead. Okay. I, I, I thought you had it. I don't know. Well, I do. I mean, okay. but I think we're looking at the same thing. Yes, by all means. Which is the Wikipedia page. The Wikipedia, page. of course. <laughs> <laughs> how, can't, doesn't get much better than that. Do you, anyway, how about Star this? Wars, The High Republic, go ahead. Light of the Jedi, book one. This year. Written by Charles Sewell. Yes. Released January 5, 2021. Ooh. And the publisher's summary. Long before the First Order, before the Empire, before even the Phantom Menace, Jedi lit the way for the galaxy in the High Republic. It is a golden age. Intrepid hyperspace scouts expand the reach of the Republic to the furthest stars, worlds, flourish under the benevolent leadership of the Senate, and peace reigns enforced by the wisdom and strength of the renowned Order of Force users known as the Jedi. With the Jedi at the height of their power, the free citizens of the galaxy are confident in their ability to weather any storm. But even the brightest light can cast a shadow, and some storms defy any preparation. When a shocking catastrophe in hyperspace tears a ship to pieces, the flurry of shrapnel emerging from the disaster threatens an entire system. No sooner does the call for help go out than the Jedi race to the scene. 
The scope of the emergence, however, is enough to push even Jedi to their limit. As the sky breaks open and destruction rains down upon the peaceful alliance they help to build, the Jedi must trust in the Force to see them through a day in which a single mistake could cost billions of lives. Even as the Jedi battle valiantly against Calamity, something truly deadly grows beyond the boundary of the Republic. The hyperspace disaster is far more sinister than the Jedi could ever suspect. A threat hides in the darkness, far from the light of the age, and harbors a secret that could strike fear into even a Jedi's heart. Whoa. That's a well, good summary. I have, good. I have goosebumps. Yes, way better than Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> right off the bat. The Mandalorian attempts a daring rescue. Friends help. <laughs> Hilarity ensues. That's basically it. Um, well, this is one of those rare moments where like, the publisher's summary actually does a good job of conveying the story without without giving away anything. anything. Yeah. We've we've done like we've done summaries in the past of other novels where it's just been like, oh my God, that's like the whole <laughs> yeah. plot point. Like I have right to there. actually pause and be like, wait, are we reading did I this just read yeah. wait, I, bought I don't this think we book? did our spoiler could... alert yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. So to that end, yes, we're we're reviewing this. So Brian, you haven't read this. I have not. So technically we're doing what we've done last time. We're going to be trying to sell this to you, right? Yep. More or less. Um, as a newcomer to Star Wars literature, I want you to sell this to me as an entry point. That's fair. Or tell me, stay away until oh. you've read other things. Well, I can already say right off the bat that I would highly recommend jumping into this. This is a perfect like jumping on point. Yes. Okay. You know, I I would also call this book without trying to belittle it in any kind of way, the jumping off book. It it that's what this story is more than anything else. It is the launch pad. Yeah. Um, All right. It it kind of it kind of shows that a lot throughout. It's introducing so many different story beats and so many new characters that it, it doesn't have enough time to properly, uh, you know, evolve any character, any one character. I'd say, but even to that end, the characters they do talk about, they still hit. You know, <laughs> they hit in the right ways. Yeah. Right. No, fully agreed. I, I think so, there's. So I would say that's a solid thesis statement. Now. Sh- <laughs> now the rest of your essay build on it <laughs> and <Mold>? go <laughs> uh sure uh, <laughs> no pressure <laughs> <laughs> no i mean certainly i mean there are certain characters that we kind of know are going to be like at the center of mm-hmm. a lot of these stories and yes i mean we have like avar chris very who, much the uh the centerpiece <clears throat> yeah i would say if there's one character that like this story is theirs it's it's hers um we have Loading Great Storm. Loading Great Storm, probably my favorite. Yes, uh, out of the whole batch. I liked his vibe the most. He's, yes, like I feel like it's his teaching style like resonates with me. Like in terms of other teachers that have been effective for he, me. He reminds me of what Kit Fisto could have been <laughs> if they had dived into his story a little bit more beyond the Clone Wars. Yes, because Kit Fisto had almost the exact same vibe. Yes, even though he was a Nautilin, like it was a different species altogether. It kind of came off in that vibe. Yeah. But we can we can dive into it a little bit more. And I mm. liked his Padawan, too. Bell. Yeah, Bell Zedifar. Yeah. I liked him. Yep. Uh, and then we have... Well, so we have Buryaga. And Buryaga. who's his master? Oh, I forget her name. Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. Well, Buryaga is actually the Wookiee Jedi. Yeah, oh, sick. Yes. Uh, and his master is one of the only people who understands him, understands Shriwook. So it's kind of like, it's kind of sad in that sense. Nib Asek. Yes, Nibasik. Nibasik. So I guess it goes back into... Uh, <laughs> I read, you listened. You, I listened. So <laughs> this is the official Mark yes. Thompson pronunciation. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll be very curious because, I mean, there are definitely a few that I was like, eh. So to, to feed into that, I've brought this up in the past where like when it comes to uh, Wookiee noises and such anymore, like in audio... Um, they used to just use the Ben Burt sound effects and it was, it was fine. It was perfect. You could literally transpose it over anything and you would have a conversation. And now more than often you have Mark Thompson doing a, like doing his, you know, Chewbacca yeah, Wookiee impression. But I liked what he did in this book the most. It kind of did a callback to Air of the Empire. Now in Air of the Empire, this is Legends book. This is the first in the novel, in the, tr- in the Thrawn trilogy. 
This is oh, we're gonna get ourselves confused. Regardless, <laughs> this is the first of the three <laughs> Thrawn trilogies Gee, that exist. That's Legends now, but it's Legends. It doesn't count. And, that, count. and that's what we're talking about next week. Next, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but to that end, there is a character. Um, it's a Wookiee with a speech impediment. And a speech impediment is that it could speak basic, essentially. <laughs> and so... <laughs> oh, okay. So, I mean, imagine Chewbacca, but every so like often it. just be like, sometimes he can't understand you, but I can. Do you remember from, like, the late, uh, the, the, the early 2000s, um, there was the, the animated show on Comedy Central, Lil Bush? I do remember a little boy. <laughs> so there was Lil Chaney. Yes. <laughs> and Lil Chaney would just rah, 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 apples yeah. and cinnamon. Rah, rah, rah. I remember that. That's kind of what it did, does. And his dad me. was Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, I digress. But, but uh, that's yeah. what that just made me think of. But that's exactly what the deal is. And so he kind of brings that with him this time around for Buriaga. And, and there's a point that focuses on from his point of view, right? In the book. This is kind of towards the middle. So, I mean, we're going to bounce around a little bit, but I. This isn't a bad place to start by any means. Um, Buryaga is still like a Padawan. He's still learning. And so he's a little timid and he doesn't like public gatherings. He doesn't like being uh, the center of attention, in other words, right? And so right before he can go into his, like his, you know, Wookiee-ism, he'll go, I'm bored, master. Like he does it like that. <laughs> I thought it was a very clever that's way of clever. doing it. And it was that's... like, oh, that's you can actually understand what he's saying now. And it's like that's that's very clever. Yes. And at I one like point, that. you know, and it and even to that end, he didn't like do it too aggressively. And he was just saying it's like it's not your fault. Like he would like start to do like the, the, <laughs> say, you the almost, fluctuations. You almost had a had a little Kermit going on there. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing in the outer rim here, bud? <laughs> I'm just imagining Chewbacca sounding like, oh, that's great. Anyway, Why are there I, so many rainbows on Tatooine? <laughs> now I feel I feel like Frank Oz has like whenever Yoda does arrive in the the High Republic story, if Frank Oz isn't there, just straight Miss Piggy because we're gonna need a younger Yoda voice. That's very true. So it can't be you know. Miss Piggy with like a bunch of like gargling on top of it, basically. <laughs> so it's just gonna be straight Miss Piggy. You will be. <laughs> no, Kermy. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna be Miss Piggy from like uh, Muppet Babies. <laughs> well, okay. So, but to that end, I, I, and this is what I like about Mark Thompson. He does a great job of you know giving each character their own personality and everything like that. But let's bounce back to the beginning a little bit. Let's start with. I mean, like, again, I said that this book's kind of broken into three sections. We have... I mean, there's literally three parts to it's it. It's a three-parter. <laughs> but, like, it's the three major sections are the Great Disaster, the Investigation, and the bat, the big battle at the end. And honestly, I, I'd like to say that this novel kind of follows the classic Star Wars formula of mm-hmm. opening big, slow middle, yeah, big, you know, uh, yeah. big Exposition-y close. middle, anyway. Yeah. Not to say it's bad, but it, yeah. again, this is it's the world building. It's the steps you got to take. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, like there's a very small part of me that's like, wow, like that middle section was like the best part because it's like, wow, I can't believe how much he was able to convey. Right. In this story, in this point. So. And even to that end, just the, the new characters that he's talking about yeah. and like actually getting you just, interested in. Yeah. We're so at this point in storytelling for Star Wars, we're so enamored with the the empire the rebellion the resistance the you know the first order the republic the the separatists like all these different factions it's it's very exciting to bring in a brand new faction a brand new foe yes and almost make it seem like it's been there this whole time right and i mean and it is very well done that like i mean i think it's a very hard line to walk where it's like okay this is like the height of like the jedi's power mm-hmm. And like the Republic is extremely stable. Yes. In a way that like it's not even in the prequels. It's a desirable like like life is body improving. Yeah, yes. Exactly. This is the utopia that everyone Le- strives for. So Lena So. The Chancellor. I, I mean, I don't really have anything more to say. I just wanted to know if that was the right It is word. Lena So, yes. Okay. Sorry. And she has two tigers. Yeah, like or, she has two like, little like big cats. Big cats, I know. In other words. You know that. 
Hey. Hey. Brian's nickname. Uh, <laughs> but so Le- to, Lena So. That, that's right. That's you, Lena So. That's right. Uh, but I, her her catchphrase, her catchphrase, and we hear it throughout the book. Uh, <laughs> we, we are, are all, all the, the republic. republic, which is a cool to catchphrase. It's like you know, it's a, it's a very like unifying saying. And the idea is that wherever you go in the galaxy, whether it be the outer, mid, or inner rim, you know, every, we are all the Republic. We're all in this together. And also with you. <laughs> and also with you. Amen. But, but to that end, we get to see that put into play right off the bat. So the book opens with what's called the Great Disaster. <laughs> yes. You know, and, and it is the premise of the children's book that I also have the, 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 the fantastic oops so tell me yes tell, tell me a little bit more of the fantastic oops in that sense how does it come off in the book verse in the children's book versus the novel so i mean obviously i mean the novel is pretty graphic and explicit mm-hmm. um you know like it i mean i think the the final words like we you know we we open with this character um what's her name captain uh, like Tress or something like that? No, oh. it's not quite that. Captain Hedda Cassett. Hedda Cassett, yes. So, you know, we open with her and it's like, you kind of get this vibe like, oh, is she going to be like a big character? Or you think tie into it somehow? She could. Uh, nope. <laughs> and, and literally the, cha- like the chapter ends with, and those were the last words she would ever say. Basically, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean, and this, it, that's what I'm getting at. Like, there's a point where she goes, she did not fa- like she did not fail her ship. Her ship failed her. Yeah. And it's like, oh. but that's again, this is what I'm talking about. They laid out so much pipe work here for you to just, you know, learn who these characters were and like that. Yeah. They snuff that flame. Like yes. it's just gone. And it's the same thing because this is also what the setup is for the great disaster. They set it up very much like it's a counting clock. It's counting down to disaster. So when it starts off, it's it's like, you know, it tells you a location, deep space, uh, 40 minutes to impact. And then later on, yeah. you know, it's on certain ship, 30 minutes to impact. And so it's it gives you this constant feeling of tension and like, how are we going to do this? We got to we got to figure this out. Otherwise, impact. you know, disaster is going to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, I and, and so the way that I mean, obviously, like the children's book does it is like it just skips over a lot of those scenes. Like, they stub I mean, so, their toe. Yeah. So, well, it's and it's not like that. I mean, <laughs> they don't necessarily like sugarcoat the idea that like something you know, bad, happened. something bad happened. Um, but they just kind of more focus. I mean, in the in the Mr. Rogers tradition, mm-hmm. they look for the helpers and yes. like they just focus on the Jedi and just kind of tell the story of how the Jedi are brave and how people are brave and how when you work all together, you can save the day. So to that end, do they focus on like Bell and yes. Loden? That's really cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we see them a lot. We see Avar slightly, slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, you know, eventually whenever they kind of do their great Jedi mind meld. I uh, might be wrong on this. Avar is the grandmaster. Like she's the, the head of the council. Or am I wrong on that? I don't think so, but she is a master. She is a master. She's one of the higher ups. Yes. So th- again, this is going back to this is this is the this is the representation representation of the Jedi that we've always kind of wanted to see. Yes. I feel like anytime everyone thinks about Jedi of being like this, they're essentially superheroes. You know, we never really got to see it in you know in live action or in Clone Wars or anything like that because of the era of Jedi that we've seen. This is them at their highest peak. Yes. And it's shown so evidently with like so many new force powers that are just premiered in this book. Um, Avar Chris in general. I love the way <laughs> she that they, hears the force. She hears the song. force. It's a song. And I, I, I always thought that was a very cool way of doing it. Going into the audiobook version of it. You hear the song as oh. she is, you know, connecting to the force and everything. And it fills you with that kind of. Yeah, you you get a swell of pride. You're like, you know what? If I believe, maybe I can do this too. Like, you know, it and I and I see what they. It just goes into the sound design and everything like that. But what does it sound like? Can you describe it? Sing it. Na 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 na. Like it's. I I really can't sing it. I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. So Imagine you know that song tribute by Tenacious D. Yeah. It's kind of like that. It, it kind of sound like. <laughs> what did it sound like? It no. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like uh, Rivendell uh, from uh, Lord of the Rings. Like, okay. imagine the 
the overall acoustic sound like you would ambience. get. Yes. Okay. It, it, it kind of has that vibe to it. Uh, wind chimes, very open, breezy, lo-fi. That's kind of how I would describe it. But to that end, I think it's a cool way to describe how she senses it. For a lot of Jedi, it's just there. The Force is just there. But for her, she's actually able to hear it and like understand it in a certain way, which I thought that was cool. Yes. But even to that end, also she's able to do a mind meld. Yes. Which that in itself is kind of incredible. Yes. Um, I thought that was only a Vulcan thing. Well, even to that end, like, yes. It's it's something I don't know what that you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the, <laughs> but so mind melding or to that end, um, we've seen a version of this in something like Path of Destruction, where it was the thought bomb mm-hmm. at that point. That's what kind of took out the Sith. Yes. And so me thinking about her doing this battle meditation, if you will, almost also brings out like points of heir to the Empire. Right. Um, you know, it's like that's <laughs> yeah. how Palpatine was yeah, able to Palpatine, win. Yeah. Well, Pal- yeah. Palpatine was controlling the entire Imperial fleet. And once he went down, that's then what caused that's... The, the battle to be lost. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Which I, I honestly, I have actually always like appreciated that explanation. It would make so much more sense. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> he's just his focus is completely. Par- yeah. It's it's parsimonious. <laughs> it's kiss. Yes. Basically. <laughs> but so to that end. The Great Disaster in itself, um, I very much liked. I liked the tension going along with it. Yeah. I, I would like that you you unraveled the mystery along with the Jedi. Like You knew just as much as they did as they were trying to figure this out. And all the twists and turns that it took was very exciting. Yes. Um, and once it's all said and done, we get on to... Uh, it goes into a pre- or a, an interlude, and then we're introduced to the, the antagonist. Nihil. The Nihil. Which I think, first of all, just I thought the name was a little too silly. <laughs> yeah, a little bit on the nose. A little bit on you the think? nose. Well, okay, but to that end, yeah, I like I've grown to like it since then. Well, I agree. I mean, it works for like who and what they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll get into it a little bit. Like, I mean, there's there's literally one chapter in this story that like, I mean, obviously it just feels like a very heavy laden Chekhov's gun, mm-hmm. and it's probably supposed to also be a little bit of a red herring. Um, but it just felt like, okay, I don't, I don't buy the Nihil as like a worthy opponent to this, like at the height of their powers, Jedi, Jedi yeah. yeah. Cause they just seem like a, a marauding band. Yeah, exactly. You're running the mill pirates. Yeah. Like, I mean, it sounds like there's maybe a couple thousand of them and they're just pirates that, yeah, they're crazy and like they fight dirty or whatever. Yeah. But... Oh, I, I want to get into their tactics. Their yeah. tactics are dirty. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but but even by the end of this book, like I mean, they are significantly reduced in their numbers. <laughs> yes, but to that end, what is reduced is also amplified. I think. Yes, we can. We'll, we'll we get can, into yeah, it. Okay. Um, but so uh, when we go into the middle of the book and everything, we're introduced to the Nihil. Their structure. So, do we want to talk about the Nihil as a structure? Sure. Point? So, there are different ranks, different tiers, if you will, of yes. the Nihil. So, at the top... I don't, and I don't know if I buy the names. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, you can help me out with this, because I don't have any right in front of me. So, the, the, at the top, we have the Eye. Yes. Which is Martian Row. Martian. Martian. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sauron. Sauron, essentially. Sort of. Yeah, uh, big old glowing eye. The way he's described in the book, he's like a, a slight-skinned alien, essentially. Like almost, I almost kind of got um, vibes of what was the species from *Heir to the Empire*. Uh, you know, what I'm talking about uh, uh, the the great uh, the one that uh, goes after Leia. The Nogri. The Nogri. The way they described the body, anyways, because it was like slate gray and stuff like that, and that's kind of how they always describe the Nogri. It's just like almost reptilian. So I'm wondering if maybe Martian is of that elk, or maybe he's a whole new species in general. We don't know. We don't know. And then underneath that are the three Tempest? Tempest Runners. Tempest Runners. And they each control their Tempests. So they have their own, like, army underneath them. Okay. Does that make sense? So the first one is... So they're uh, calling their different, like, forces, their different armies, Tempests. Yes. yes. And okay. the, the leader is the Tempest... Uh, Tempest Runner. Tempest yeah. Runner. And so, and like, nominally, like, each Tempest Runner is actually, like, it's like those three plus Martian... Plus Martian. ...are, 
like the, the leadership, the ruling council. Yes. But the the idea is but, that the eye has the winning vote. Yeah. Like if there's ever a tie, it goes the eye's way. Does that make sense? Like yeah, he has okay. an unofficial second vote. So exactly. if, so if he decides, like so if it's going to be a two-two split, he puts the what? Three. Yeah, he gets three votes. Yeah. So, but to that end, underneath that. Um, it goes from Tempest to. Well, sh- is it- do you want to name the Tempest winners? I kind of do because so, we have Panada. Panada. I don't. What's the species of Panada? Like they described him. He he's like a big, he's big. Burly, burly species. It's like kind of <laughs> sloven, but they also describe him as wearing like very uh, endangered species like leather suits and stuff like that. So I he's, thought that was kind of cool. He is a Dowitin. Dowitin, which. They're big. Oh, those guys. Okay. I've definitely seen him before. All right. A little theater of the mind. All right. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I know this is really great uh, audio <laughs> commentary. But Essentially just a burly guy with two uh, like uh, horns coming off from yeah. under his chin. I think there's like some of these guys that show up like on Star Wars Resistance. I believe so. It's either Resistance or that it's actually been in um, The Force Awakens. There's a character in Maz's castle, I think, that is a Doadin. I can believe that. Um, we also have we. It's 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 a go to, uh, a Twi'lek. Yes, uh, a Twi'lek Lor- female. A Twi'lek female, Lorna D. Lorna D. Who's just like she has a uh, she she has a like a smoker's voice in there, you know, in, uh. in the novel, obviously. <laughs> so it's just scraped thin. But her whole deal is that her ship is also called the Lorna <laughs> the Lorna D. So she called the ship after herself because he's like, why not? I'm pretty. The yeah. ship's pretty. Yeah. Like it, it, that's her whole thing. Yeah. Which I, I, I thought I, that was like, that's I cool. Don't, yeah. I don't care about anything more than I care about myself. That's a piratey so. thing to do. Yeah. I think that's really funny. Uh, it just then, made me think of, hi, we're Bad Company. The song's called Bad, bad Company. company. It's on an album. Oh, bad, bad Company. company. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah. Oh, and, and then, then the final one is Kasav Milico. Kasav. Kasav Milico. And he's a, oh, never mind. Oh, he's a weak way. He's yeah. a weak way, much like Hondo. Hondo, yeah. <laughs> uh, prune face himself. Yes. Um, Kasuv is definitely the odd man out in that group. He's like the most erratic. Yes. Which uh, you learn more about him as you go. Yeah, he might, like, he's like the most just like pirate. He's the wild mm. card. He is the wild card, definitely. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't like the idea of, of a society even like the Nihil. It's too organized for him, yes. essentially. He's just kind of riding his, his time, you know, and that kind of stuff. And then, But then moving down from there, we have the Strikes. Which are the leaders of their own little bands. Yes. And then the Storms, right? I think it's the Storms and then and it's the it's Clouds. The, yeah. No, Storms, Clouds, Strikes. Strike is the very first one, I believe. God, I don't know. There's that would make sense. So the idea the, we also got to explain the fact that their logo is three, three lightning, lightning strikes. They're like that. Mm-hmm. So that, it's like Harry Potter, but times three. Times three, and so it you know it's evil at that point. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> but like again, it's it the way they also describe themselves is like whenever they're actually flying through space, it almost looks like a a living storm, and that's kind of their antithesis. It's like. Yeah, we 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 ride the storm. We are the strikes. We ride the storm, and we're in the cloud. Blah blah blah. It's a very cool, weird anarchy setup that they have going for it. It's interesting. It's weird. It doesn't make a lot of sense at first, but once you kind of go into it, you just accept it. You know, like it's not perfect, but like you're just like, okay, this person's a so and so or whatever. And yeah. there's even a point where Kasav's like, I can make my own band, and then at this time instead of storms, I'm going to use fire. You know, so he's like, it starts <laughs> off with just, bla- you know, it starts off with ashes and then embers and then full blown blaze. And at the top, you know, the scorcher or something like that. Like <laughs> that was his whole deal. Like he made his own tier list. Yes. So there's stuff like that. It's kind of kind of really fun. It's, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I get it. It is like supposed to almost be cheesy. Yes. But like it might be just slightly too cheesy. For no. me, like, like <laughs> I, I would not want to be at the rank of cloud is all yes, I have to I say. I know. Because you're just a little cloud. Yeah. Do they refer to each other as like? Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Like not sergeant, but like cloud so and so. Well, so there's a point. Oh, that's like, a strike from Pan's yeah. brigade. Or, the, you know, okay. so Pan's tempest. There is a point where like they're at they're at their big dining hall. Like they have a grand dining hall, right? 
And uh, one of them was like, well, you know, there was an issue during the last raid we had, so you're going to have to pay up. And so they bring the whole crew on. They're like, so-and-so did this. And it's like, yeah, it was one of my clouds. It's like, but she was dealt with or whatever. And it's like, well, someone's got to pay for it. And so they literally just look into their crew and, like, pick somebody, and they throw them out of the airlock. It wasn't even the person responsible. That's the crazy part. It was just like, yep, you're done. Get out of here. Out the airlock. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's what they are. And like and also to add to the menace of these characters, I don't think we mentioned this yet. They all wear weird masks. Yes. <laughs> so it, it like it, it goes into what their characters are. So like one of the weapons they use to board is it's like a it's like a harpoon. Whenever it, it breaches the hull, it releases a gas. The masks filter out all the bad gas and everything, and thus they're able to board without any resistance whatsoever, kill everybody on board, take the ship for themselves. Stuff like that. Yes. Okay. But the masks themselves are intimidating, and that's what I think is really, really cool about them. And, I mean, if you look at some of the artwork that came out with this book, too, like, they are very menacing characters. Yeah. I mean, there's I, I have a bit of an issue because it's like, I mean, obviously, and also there's the comic series that that's kind of running concurrent to it. and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it, like, I want to check it all out, but like, I don't know that I can delve into it all the way. I'm, I'm <laughs> so excited to go at it, but I'm, I'm right there with you. Trust yeah. me. Cause I know I missed my window on the very first issue. I could have set up my box, but like, I, I never did that. Yeah. So I'm at the point where I think you're at where I'm just waiting for it to actually come out on graphic novel, like yeah. get it all into one book. And I will gladly pick it up because yeah. I want to read more about this. I want to see. And I want to see the helmets. Yes. Like, I want to see what they actually look like up front and versus like what they're trying to make my imagination yeah. go I mean, for. I mean, it's it's almost like the classic monster movie thing, which, I mean, it's kind of been a, a hot button topic for us yes. with uh, Godzilla versus Kong coming out. Exactly. Um, but it's like you, you kind of don't want to make it too obvious or like reveal too much, too yeah. at least not too soon anyway. And even uh, at that, like classic horror movie trope. Yeah. The Nihil are that in this story. Yes. Like the Nihil aren't their own governing body. Like they're only heard about in whispers. Like it's yes. like it's almost like you don't want to talk about them because you don't want to make them real. Yeah. In a way. Exactly. And it's like it's not until the end of the book that they become more of a a you know well known threat at that point. Yes. Um, but even to that end, um, just kind of diving into the middle, like we were saying before, the middle of the book, the middle chunk is essentially the investigation Yes, and trying to figure out what happened to make the great disaster happen. We do get a, a good uh, Skywalker saga name. Hmm. Um, Yariel Poof? Well, okay. Okay, let me take a slight version. That sounds made up. I know it's not. I know it's not. Yariel poof. Okay, so talking about the Jedi Council. Yes. During the the High Republic. Yes. Oh my god. So there's like three three people from the prequels that are on the council in this timeline, 200 years beforehand. One of them is Yoda. Yes. That's not that interesting. He's, I mean, Yoda is Yoda. Yes. The other two is are that? Yariel Poof and Apparensis. Apparensis, and that's the like the, the it's the snake. snake guy with two arms. Yes, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so Yar- like, Yariel Poof is Mister Balloon. Like, balloon head. Yeah, it's like <laughs> we are peacekeepers. No, that, that's kind of how he's like presented in, in his yeah. whole thing. Yariel Poof has a great robot chicken uh like sketch if you ever have a chance to look it up it's very I've funny. probably seen it but it's been a long time he's one of the only jedi to like survive order 66 and so it's just a series of events of him like avoiding getting captured and stuff like that and no one taking him seriously because he's yarl poof or whatever <laughs> so it's pretty fun um, so wait so so yaddle wasn't on the uh the nope. no no she was still uh undiscovered i guess at that point or maybe she was only a paddle one yeah Who still knows? okay yeah, not on the council anyway. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> but yes, so we <laughs> give you the rank of Yaddle. My, 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 my favorite, uh, just like, I think everybody would agree that the weirdest Jedi that are introduced in the prequels mm-hmm. are Yaro Poof and Oppo Rancis. And they had to have been like, you know what? They were so weird. They just don't die. Yeah. Like, they're still alive. <laughs> Put them on the council. <laughs> but then, and they, this kind of goes back to what I was going to say before was like, it was exciting to hear Yoda's name. And of course it's only 200 years prior to BBY. So it would make sense 
that he's still alive. Yes. But it was still just like, what? Like Yoda? <laughs> what? You know, because you're thinking to yourself, like, you're never going to come across any, like, any current stock, like Star Wars saga characters. Yeah. And then, like, again, Yaro Poof just came out of nowhere. It's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I got very excited when I heard him pop up. And I was, Protect I, I, your neck, man. I was so excited to hear it. Just talk about it. I wanted to hear about it. Wu-Tang. Um, but yeah, and like, and this Jedi Council is no different. There's, it's made up of just as many like weird people. I think there was a, column, a Mon Cala that's a, uh, a prominent member on the council this time around. One of the members, well, I don't know if it's actually a member of the council, but it is one of the masters that I thought was a very cool addition is one of the only known Trandoshan Jedi. Skier. Skier. Which I think is a very cool name and a very yes. cool aspect. So Skier, uh, they describe as, like, he, he like, naturally their species is... Is a, very Force-sensitive. Very Force-sensitive and predatory. Like, they're like, even with the culture, like, say, they don't want to give it I didn't know they were Force-sensitive. I knew they they lived for the hunt. Is, that's it. And, like... So but, yeah, but because normally the, they can't control it, mm-hmm. so they are not eligible for Jedi exactly. status. But. And so that's that's why they're usually overlooked. But this this was one of those rare exceptions where not only was he accepted into the Jedi, he, he excelled. Made, he was a yeah, master. He made master. Yes. And so to that end, I think that's a very cool aspect of a character. Thinking about, like, this is a character that, for all we know, should be very angry, very, you know, very, all like... All the time. <laughs> reptilian like a bosque-esque you know and to see him be like calm and cool and collect i think is a very cool aspect of it my, like his portrayal and i mean this is like <clears throat> me kind of channeling some legends stuff mm-hmm. or whatever but like you know i think a lot of people's fate one of their favorite jedi from like the new jedi order is saba sabatin saba 17 i know she's, the name she's basically a giant dragon and ah. she's she actually becomes Leia's master when Leia finally decides to go for training. Of all people, yes. she's trained by a dragon. Yes, <laughs> how to train your how to be trained how by to be trained dragon. by a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming to Pixar. Coming soon from DreamWorks. <laughs> We're talking so, about it next week. Fair enough. Next, next week. week. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> but oh, yeah, Jesus. I, like, but so like Skier and you know just kind of visual like hearing like that voice. Uh, yeah, made me think that. Uh, obviously, well, it was fun, and I, I and I'm I'm excited to see where he goes. I know that he plays a prominent part in the comics. Getting back to that, so that's why I'm excited to see what you know how he's depicted and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So there's also another little fun fact that like there was moments where I had some misgivings based on just the artwork before I got the book. One of the things specifically was all of their attire, like the main image on the front of the Light of the Jedi. It's all of them in white tunics. White. And I was like, okay. I mean, I it get seems that. Seems kind of culty. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I was like, it, it almost seems very much like, you know, it's like, the, it's the, you know. One of us. One <laughs> I didn't of know us. what to make of it. And I was like, okay, it's a new era of Jedi and blah, 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 this, blah, blah, that. I was just kind of, you know, accepting it. Turns out, like, you find they out. They were all that coming from a ceremony. They are all coming out from a ceremony. <laughs> so they're all dressed that way in the first place. That's the only reason. But that I like that. That's yeah, pretty I'm cool. so it's, glad that, that it's was like. a cool, like, misdirect. They're not like, well, they turned moody and started going to brown and tan <laughs> yeah. towards the prequel era. Like, it's like, thank God is actually a, a valid reason for it. <laughs> yes. But th- that's just another example of what this book does. It's like, it presents such a weird, you know view of the you know of the jedi and everything like that and it's like oh well you know what? it actually explains it in a very easy to understand way and that's just one of those little things i don't know yes um but so the name that i wanted to bring up i'm sorry from the skywalker saga Please. is the santeca family yes lord Ooh. santeca in yes general. yes so max max von Sydow, uh you know the old guy at the start of force awakens mm-hmm. is lord santeca the uh the three-eyed raven or whatever. Yes, exactly. Yes. Game of Thrones, if everyone remembers that. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> he, like, he has the map, like the, the missing piece of the map. Let's to, hope this makes things right. Yes, to Luke. Um, and we find that his family, this is what they do. They're they, pathfinders. Yeah, they are pathfinders. They chart the hyperspace routes. So let me get into this real quick. And I like that aspect of it now that I'm thinking about it. Do you think the idea of Pathfinders will have some kind of correlation to the Pathfinders that we've come across in the Thrawn prequel book so far? 
I mean, because they have their own version of people who like chart hyperspace in a sense. Yes. And they call them pathfinders. Yes. Do you think this is going to have any kind of correlation down the line? I don't know if it'll be a direct correlation. I mean, I think obviously like the character of Mary or yeah. Mari or how, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, is in line with that view of the Pathfinders. I can, yeah. Where she's using she's the Force somehow. Sen- yeah, sensing through it. I don't know if you want to <laughs> go into that too far, if that's a spoiler or not. It's up to you. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to, but, uh, you know, I, th- I think that's an interesting dynamic. But I, I'm not sure that it's going to be a direct calcu- or a crossover, because, I mean, we also know that, like, they mostly do it with robots. Yeah, that's also fair. <laughs> Navi droids or whatever. Yeah, and then they end up sending those robots over to oh, our boy a... Kevin. Kavantar. Kavantar or whatever. <laughs> Kevin! <laughs> <laughs> well, so he's another Force-sensitive kid as well. Is uh, he? So there's a point where uh, uh, Kavantar or whatever, like he's setting up all these droids. In the book, they mention that he notices like something slip off. He like gives it a suggestion, and it pops back on. And to the point where Avar Chris notices him oh. and like kind of gives him a different disapproving look. And even Kavantar is like, like, but it, what's the big deal? If I have the force, why shouldn't I use it? You know, like that's I, his whole deal. That's not in the f- written novelization. What? I'm serious. All right. We'll have to find <laughs> that later. This was like, it was right before he was sending up like the big Navi droid thing, I right. believe. But I mean, we can, we can cover that later. I could have sworn that was it. Maybe it was another character. I don't know. I might be wrong on that. But to that end, um, I like the exploration of hyperspace that they do do in this, like with the Santecas. Yeah. And I mean, I'm going to say this and it might sound like I'm being, I don't know, not a fan of it, but I do like it all. Um, But it's funny just how like hyperspace is a character in this story. And like we learn a lot about how it works and like this whole pathfinding process. Which I mean, I... I'm I'm more than happy with it, it. It hyperspace has always been this kind of like thing you take for granted, and it wasn't until certain stories, you know, the it's, Last Jedi. Well, we yeah. need to, you know, Hi, well, that's what I was gonna say. It's like, hi, like I feel like the Last Jedi set up uh, hyperspace and fuel as like Big characters <laughs> in Star yeah. Wars. So, and that, that's what this is doing this time yeah. around. Um, but it also like still does not explain like, okay, how long does it actually take to travel in hyperspace or like do this or do that? And so, I mean, I don't know if we're going to get that peeled back. Probably not is my guess, but not, I mean, it going to what we were talking before, it was either on this episode or another episode we were talking about, like just having that manual, you know, Mm -hmm. and we're probably gonna have one of those field manuals that strips it down to its barest, you know, form and just proves it out. Because of the Santecas, like it's it's proven that hyperspace is a constant. It's not something you can set up and move anywhere. Like it's just a charted path, and this is the path you have to take. Yes. And so that I mean, but hearing what they have to do with it through this whole thing, like with hyperspace, it's very it's very inventive. It's very insane. And like you're saying, it's its own character that feeds into the antagonists of the story as well. And we should jump into this, the path engines. Yes. You want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. So, I mean, essentially the, the Nihil, what makes them unique and and what kind of adds to their mystery is that they have these very specialized engines that were developed by Martian's father, apparently. It was another eye of the storm, if you yes. Um, but like essentially they're linked to this system of hyperspace routes that are not known to the Republic. Yes. They're able to zip in and out and around other hyperspace lanes that are already established without getting noticed, without bumping into anything. And it's very weird how they're able to do this. It's almost to the point where it's erratic and like they use this to their advantage at points where they'll be dog fighting, mind you. And at one point, you'll be looking at someone in front of you, and then they'll hyperspace jump to right behind you. It goes into that old adage that we've had before of being like, well, why couldn't they just, you know, hyperspace jump right in front of them or right next to them to get into range or something like that? It's kind of that kind of silliness. Yes. But I'm excited to see how they go into the path engines themselves further. 
I want to see that kind of science, like you're saying, and see <laughs> what makes it more interesting. It's just the idea of abusing hyperspace as it is. Hyperspace is already terrifying. And just amplifying it and using it as a weapon at that point, yeah, that's terrifying. Yes. No, I fully, fully agreed on that. Um, well, you know, maybe just to kind of look at the last couple of things in this book. I mean, I think we should talk about the Blythe family a little bit. Yes. Um, so they're like these homesteaders on this like iron mining planet. Basically. They came from Alderaan of all places. Yes. They're, and they're uh, very wealthy. Yeah. So they're like, we're going to make a rough go of it. <laughs> oh yeah, so they're Irish, by the way. They're so the the uh, the accent that he chooses to use for them is uh, it's Irish. So you have Otto, yes, you know, and uh, Erica, their boy, uh, Ron. Ron. It was fun just hearing Ron because I kept thinking it was like Ron Weasley. It's like Ron to get your ch- wizard chest, Ron. It's like, that's all I kept hearing. That was almost Scandinavian. Yeah, Yeah, there's a little Swedish. I was going to say Swedish chef there. (laughs) 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 They they do have a little girl too. B. B or O. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Everyone calls me B. They're calling me B. Uh, But all the same. Uh, they're they are like a plot device almost like you they you they do, are a plot device. they are very much a plot device they are the victims of a kidnapping by the Nihil, and it turns into an exciting uh, rescue mission from nearby Jedi yes which so, includes Loden and Bell and Bell um, and, and Porter Angle Porter Angle was a cool character the way they described him yes I very much want to try that that the stone nine. pepper the nine <laughs> eggs do yes he's apparently like this 200 year old jedi who is just retired basically not retired but he's like i'm still active but i want to be out on you know i could be relaxing at you know the temple on coruscant but i want to be out in the sticks yes and he's also apparently an excellent cook and one of the things he makes in the book is something called a nine egg stew and he's like i found some good stoned peppers and the peppers are really give it a good kick and i'm like oh that sounds delicious <laughs> You know, it's one of those. It's one of those moments where it's like they talk Star Wars food, which is essentially just like space melons. It's like, yeah, it sounds really good. <laughs> um, and yeah, so oh, grease, yes, yes, exactly. So even in in going into like earlier in the book during the Great Disaster, the system that's under attack is the agricultural system essentially like where all the food comes from and so they're talking about it's like the ice melons aren't going to make it and stuff like that it's like it's a bunch of like very silly like just play on word things (laughs) yeah well and it's like there's hetzal prime which is the main planet and they do a lot of stuff but there's the fruited fruited moon moon and the the rooted moon moon. oh my god yes (laughs) it's so good they use every inch of the planet for agriculture but it's it is very fun where they're like, we pray to the fruited moon. We pray to the rooted moon. It's like, yeah, okay, we get it. Um, <laughs> I don't think we're selling Duncan. <laughs> it's okay. Look, it's silliness, but it's good. No, man, I promise it's, you. It's silliness. You have you haven't lost me yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's uh, let's kind of round it out. I know we've we've talked about a good bits, and I with, I think we're doing a very good job of not spoiling too many big beats. Yes. So let's kind of round it out by just saying that the book. Uh, it ends again. It ends on a big note. Um, it ends with the Republic finding out about the Nihil Hill and essentially just saying, well, we've got to do something about this. And so it's an all out fight, at least in one sense. Yes. It's also the resolution of the Blythe uh, kidnapping as well. Yes. So I don't want to give too many details on that or the battle itself, but the battle I will say was probably one of the more gruesome battles I've ever listened to. Yeah. Like just the tactics that the Nihil used to yeah. get out of their situation. Yeah, get, get, like, get examples. Well, so, I mean, the one, the one that I think of is like they, at one point they like fake that their ship has been disabled. Yes. And then they launch all of their escape pods and then the Republic, Republic brings them in. Gets like, the, you know, like, Oh, we're going to the save pods. these people. And then they find out the escape pods are loaded with explosives. And so they blow up inside the Republic <laughs> ships within their shields and everything. Yes. And then there's another one. My favorite one was they got a, essentially, which was a, like a, a sewage ship. Yeah. And they let go <laughs> of disgusting. all the sewage. So it splatters all of the ships that are pursuing it. And then they light their engines, lighting the sewage on fire and thus burning and exploding all the ships behind them. It's so gnarly, like the yeah. crazy stuff that they go through with this. It's like the, the stuff they All come right. up with. It's just, it's <laughs> ridiculous. Also, mind you, that the Nihil 
and this is just from the audiobook standards, they're listening to something called Wreck Punk the entire time. <laughs> it's just essentially just hardcore music. It's like, you know, and they're just like, they're just like, for the Nile! And they're bumping music and doing speed and like just <laughs> space doing dust. speed. Like there's, there's legit a point where they, they, I forget what they call it. It's like, it's, they, it's, no, it, it's a whole new drug. It's like an upper and a downer. It's like, well, yeah, because you're supposed to take them together. And yeah, and, I, and that's, at one point, the, the one character does not, not to, yeah. to, to very poor effect. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, um, it's very cool to see them do their thing and just like kind of go all out and you get to see, why the Nihil are supposed to be like feared and everything like that. And we also see what the inevitable outcome of that battle for the Nihil is towards the very end. Yes. But again, I don't really want to give too much of that away because it is a very good way to end the book. Okay. Um, I mean, all that being said, I don't know if there's anything else I really want to bring up. I mean, I mean, I was just going to say, you guys teased the great disaster. Are you able to give more detail as to what it is, or is that going to spoil too much? I don't know if it was spoil too much. Uh, essentially, the great disaster is it's it's trouble in hyperspace. Uh, right at the beginning, there is a ship. It's a giant traveler ship. It's it's like a cargo ship. Um, imagine almost like the size of a, a star destroyer going through hyperspace. Okay, it's full of civilians. Yeah, and, but uh, like it's it's like this modular ship. So like they basically it's got containers and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they they swap out like the like bulk storage containers for passengers compartments, and so it's all loaded with people and whatever. Almost a freight liner at that point. Yeah. Okay. But like this massive massive ship is going through hyperspace. There's something in the lane, which, which is not, not supposed, supposed to, to happen, <laughs> and. Because of that, they try to avoid danger, and they are broken apart, and that's what leads to the great disaster. Ah, okay. So imagine, if you will, something coming from light speed into real space, like you would see, like you know, them jump out of light speed and they're going about normal speed or what have you, but they're still going almost sub light. They're going so fast that it's hard to keep up with them. You don't know where they're going to come out. They have no control. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it more terrifying when this disaster starts coming up because it just pops up out of nowhere. It could pop up right where you are in that real space because at that point there's no established lane. But because it's such a disaster, it gets got shot out into so many different ways. Okay. So that in itself, like I said, just reading the very beginning and learning about what the disaster is and how it unfolds, I'd say for that alone, it's worth it. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree with that. And to that end, I'm going to give this a nice little review right at the end. I'm going to say it's a good four out of five for me. Yeah, I, I fully agreed. I mean, obviously, I, I have, you know, a very slight hesitation. Like, I'm still, I'm not convinced how the Nihil are going to live up mm-hmm. to the, like, to challenge the Jedi appropriately. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, a lot, like, this is a wonderfully written story. It like the pacing is really solid as we've talked about. Yes, this is like, again. It's this is all but a launching pad. Yeah, and, and yeah, this is just book one of an ongoing series. So. And it's it's incredible to think that like again, this is this is branching off not only to the next novel, but just like you why you know the young adult novel, yeah, children's why? book, comic books, everything. Yep. And if you want to really learn more about the lore and everything yourself, you can go to StarWars.com. And they have little snippet videos on their YouTube page and stuff like that, too, of meet the characters. You can meet characters of the Nihil. You can meet characters of the Jedi. You know, and it's cool. It gets you invested into what this, you know, what they're trying to establish with this, in other words. All right. So, I don't know. I, I very much agree with it. And, again, I don't want to give it a five out of five because, mm-hmm. again, it's it's the I'll first. Go, I will go four and a half. Okay. I don't think I actually gave a, a rating. So That's All fair. right. It's yeah. official now. Well, uh, do we want to finish out with uh, our ever-popular quiz time? Hit me with a quiz. Quiz time. Let's do it. Let's do a quiz. All right, Duncan, it's your turn. It's my turn. I think False. it's your turn. Is it his? Or is it's, it my turn? No. It's my turn. Andrew, it's your turn. It is Andrew's <laughs> turn. Would you rather do a Clone Wars quiz or a Jedi Master quiz? Ooh, give me uh, Jedi Masters. Okay. We are going to find out your Jedi Master by building your perfect Star Wars character. Nice. Will you? Tr- uh, will who will train you to greatness? Okay. What planet are you from? Tatooine, Alderaan, Naboo, Dagobah, Mustafar, or Corellia? Well, 
You've probably thought a lot about this, I feel like. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if I could choose, yes. I would choose Naboo. Oh, well, you can choose. Are you choosing Naboo? Yes. Okay, good. Because it's, <laughs> it's, it's nice. Pretty. It is pretty. There's waterfalls. Yeah. There's waterfalls, and it they looks set you like on, Italy. They set you on fire, and you're dead. <laughs> uh, what is the color of your lightsaber? Green? Blue? Green. Oh, okay. <laughs> the second green one. The second green. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. What the heck, BuzzFeed? Uh, are you training for the dark side? No. Yes. Both. I haven't decided. I'm not training. I'm in the rebellion. Okay. Uh, am I training for the dark side? Are you training for the dark side? No. No. <laughs> I know. Are you looking for love? No. Yes. Love finds me. What is love truly? I had loves in the past. I have forbidden love. So, like, if you like chocolate, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> the... <laughs> <laughs> Answer, damn it. <laughs> I guess my answer is no. No. Because I'm not looking for, I'm not looking for love. Okay, well, Emily should be. I have love, yes. yes. <laughs> what is your favorite Star Wars movie? Attack of the Clones, A New Hope, Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi, The Rise of Skywalker, or The Force Awakens? What is this list? <laughs> yeah, I said your favorite. So It's, it's incomplete. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the six. If Would it you, doesn't appear on this list, it does not, it does exist. not, it does not exist. exist. You can't have it without it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me the list again. Attack I wasn't the, even paying attention. Attack of the Clones, A New Hope, Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi, The Rise of Skywalker, or The Force Awakens. Blasphemy. Right? I no, guess how like to, to know I, the Phantom I mean to go back to our um, <laughs> to our review from or our rankings revisited a, a few weeks ago. I guess my highest ranking of what's available. <laughs> well, I guess it's a new hope actually. So, right, so a new I'll hope. take that. Fair enough. Uh, who are you meeting at the cantina? Job of the Hut, Ray, Chewbacca, Poe, R two D two, or C three PO? Um, let's go with. Ray. Ooh, Ray. Wouldn't uh, mind getting to uh, meet Daisy Ridley. That would be cool. How how do you beat your opponents? Jedi mind trick, lightsaber duel, blaster shot to the foot, Sith lightning, good comebacks, or hitting them with your ship? That sounds like a rocket there. <laughs> I do like that last option. Um, <laughs> let's go lightsaber duel. Lightsaber duel. Classic. Oh! <gasps> Yoda is your Jedi Master. Well, all right. He will te- he uh, he will grow the Force within you, teach you to be wise, and always provide a good laugh. <laughs> well, who, the, well, who the hell were we talking about before earlier? It's like Kermit. Oh, that no, was it was Kermit. Young Yoda or whatever. Yes. Yeah, it's like Miss Piggy. There's one with the Force there, bud. Mm, whatever. <laughs> Well, uh, ultimately, Duncan, I don't know. Did we sell it for you a little bit? Do you think you want to check it out? Yeah, I definitely do want to check it out now. Especially because, again, this is a new, this is like a new era of Star Wars to get into. It's not like, it wouldn't be like my, like my example was when, when Andrew and I first started talking about novels, you were already head over heels into um, the Legends, you know, continuity at that point. So I was beyond me. But like this would be a perfect chance for you to actually be at the front of it. In the yeah, list. and and I would say like with legends, there's there is no one jumping in point. Yeah, I mean, and and I don't mean to say that there's this is the only jumping in point for like the new new Disney canon, but, but it's like almost specifically it's perfectly made designed to, to be, be a jumping in point. Exactly. Okay. And again, it's just it's incredible to see what they're doing with it, and I'm excited to see where they go with it. Yeah, I mean, honestly. Uh, it, I have similar feelings to reading novels as I do to uh, watching NASCAR, and that's uh, I'm here for the crashes. Yeah, and apparently there's a great one here. There's a great crash. There's a great you just have to crash. stick with it. I promise you. Again, if you don't get into reading it, the audiobook is so good; it's very worth it. it they're always worth it just because what they, like I said, the sound design well, alone is always worth. And it. that's I mean I know that's something that's been a big focus of like the High Republic storyline is that mm. they really are trying to kind of innovate and, and and further enhance the process yes uh for storytelling and like i mean i think they're really determined to even put that much more and going further with like uh more audio dramas down the pipeline so yeah that's gonna be exciting yes 
Well, with that being said, um, if you have anything to say to us or if you want to check out any more, uh, any of our older episodes or anything like that, always check us out on Instagram. Check us out at Greedo Shot First Podcast, all one word, or at Twitter at First Greedo. Uh, if you want to listen to the actual podcast, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts and please leave a rate and review while you're there. Or you can check us out on Spotify or at our website at Reggie'sHousePodcast.com. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, quiz ideas, book ideas, anything, if you want to drop us some good uh, positive feedback, I'm all here for it. Just email us at GritoShotFirstPod at gmail.com. That's all one word, GritoShotFirstPod at gmail.com. And with all that being said, I just got to say... You know, I had a great time. Brian, did you have a good time? I had an excellent time. And did you have a good time? It was a boring conversation anyway. I bet it was. We'll see you next week. Next week. Next week.